Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fluff to Buff Fitness Podcast. This is Johnny, here today to present you with a special episode. Recently, Jake was a special guest on the Triathlon Age Group Journey Podcast, and we'd like to share with you a portion of that broadcast today. Stay tuned. All right, so the quote of the week is, you cannot change the hand you are dealt just the way you play the hand. It's all about adapting. And it sounds like Jay, Jillian, and myself just completely illustrated that the best way possible. You can't control the cards you're dealt in life sometimes, just how you play them. I think that's one of the biggest factors in success in everything we do in life. You know, I tell athletes all the time when I'm working with them, adversity is going to rear its ugly head at some point during the day. And how you handle that adversity is going to dictate your success over the rest of the day. If you freak out and have a no shit moment, you're setting yourself up. But if you take a deep breath, relax, adjust to the situation and move forward with a little bit of common sense and a little bit of strong mental fortitude, you can make it all work out. Well, let's take a quick moment here and introduce Jake Wilkins, our guest tonight. We'll do a little more intro for him, but we'd love to get Jake's opinion on this. I know adaptability is probably a good theme we'll talk about throughout the night. So what do you think, Jake? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. Recently, I've started a 70.3 training plan. And within the first week, I realized that this perfect plan that I'd, I'd color coded and I'd spent all this time in Excel building, it had to be modified right away. And a buddy of mine looks at me and he's like, you did that in ink. You're only ever supposed to do those in pencil. So you can erase them <laughs> and move things around. And yes. you know, it's, it's just speaks to the fact that as soon as you have a plan for something, life says, hold my beer. And <laughs> it just, you know, yes. get ready for the ride. Um, so I've yeah. been experiencing that and living some of that. Um, that adaptability, not that I wasn't working out before regularly, it's just there wasn't a plan for it. There wasn't this, I'm going to do X on this day and Y on that day. And there wasn't a science behind it. There was a, this is what Jake's doing. So this is, this is what feels good. So I do it, but I'm, I'm been schooled in that pretty recently. I'm feeling that that's speaking to my heart. Yeah. I like that. Hold my beer. That that's a good, good point. That's a good one. Yeah. You want to go Jillian? Yeah. I mean, I think even last week we talked about it. I mean, I can't go a week without having to be adaptable at some point in some way. I don't even know if I can go a day, to be honest, of having to adapt to something that comes up. So it's plan it out as much as you can, but mentally know and be prepared that you might have to adapt and and change plans and just be open to it. Otherwise, you can get too hard on yourself or get frustrated that you know something didn't happen. I think I was supposed to have a, a swim yesterday and with my other pool still being closed and it was a shorter one. And then the practice, the ad hoc practice coming up and it's like, I, I could go swim at another pool for, you know, another 20 bucks for the day. And, um, in the beginning it wasn't too bad, but it's now been a few weeks that I haven't had my pool. So that starts to add up. And is it worth the drive? Can I make it happen even with the kids? And at the end of the day, that particular day was like, nope, let it go do something else for that day, pivot, do what you can with what you've got to work with. That one swim's not going to make or break anything. Yeah. I don't know. I keep thinking about my kids or kids in general and how adaptable they are. They sometimes seem very rigid, but reality is their environment is changing all the time. They're growing in a new body all the time. They're new friends, new worlds, new experiences almost every single time that I, I often wonder 
as adults, we probably make adapting a lot harder on ourselves than it probably could be with the stress that we carry through all the other things that we do in life. So I don't know. I just want to give shout out to the kids and and all of us to think of our inner child when we have to adapt. You know, they do it every day. Why can't we? You know, it's funny you say that, Jay, because anytime it's time to like adult onset swimming, let's go there because most of us are that. Think about it as parents. What do we do to our children? You're taking piano lessons. We signed you up for swim lessons. We just put you in a new sport. You know, you're, you're going to learn how to play uh, the trumpet now, and you're going to get up on stage in front of everybody and do it. We keep putting them in these situations, and we look at them, and we give them this advice of, come on, you can do it. You can work harder. But then as an adult, there's no way in hell I'm going to go learn the piano at my age at 45 years old. <laughs> I'm going to get in my own head and be so self-conscious, yet we do this to our children every single day. From the personal training side, when people come in, a lot of what I do with people is the exercise psychology side of it. Of you got to make them feel successful. you got to make them feel confident. Build that self-efficacy and make them understand that they can do it. So it's you know choosing things and putting ourselves in good position for success early and then figuring out that love language to challenge them. You know what I mean? How do you build them up? How do you raise them, elevate them, and figure out are they intrinsically motivated, extrinsically? So going off on a tangent, but I mean, you know, with the whole kid thing, it's it's so true. You know, I'm as rigid as they make them. I, I mean, I know that. And it we is, learned a little bit last week, yeah, didn't yes, we? Yes, I know. And it's <laughs> very uh, – speaking of that, you can see the coffee set up behind me. Yes, there it is. I know people. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask if that was it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, in between all the bourbon bottles, but the coffee's back there. For sure. I'm just glad uh, all the comments this week on Instagram <clears throat> supported Jillian and yes. I with our recycled coffee. Me too. Pot, I was so pretty impressed. Pretty yeah. You know what? It all comes back to, I think, just planning. If they could have that fresh cup of coffee, they would. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling Andrew Harley might be one of the fresh cup guys yeah. out there too. So no doubt, no doubt. He didn't you comment back. I'm waiting to hear what he had to say. Oh, his hands there, are there cold. is first of all, there yeah. is planning involved to know. Okay, you can only drink half of the pot today if you don't want to have to make it tomorrow. So, um, you know, having the leftover coffee sure. is not all about not planning. In fact, sometimes it takes planning. We can rationalize anything we want to believe. <laughs> but uh, real quick, I do want to give a shout out to Andrew Harley and his wife, Morgan. Congratulations on your beautiful new baby girl. Now the fun starts, my friend. Enjoy it. They grow up super, super fast. I know we've talked about that before, but congratulations, Andrew. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Andrew, he's the host of the Tri-Dot podcast and now a YouTube channel. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. Good start. All right. Well, tonight we have Jake Wilkins. Jake is... Just starting his triathlon journey, but certainly has been on a journey to get to where he is today. And we're really excited to talk to him about that from running uh, exercise. He has a podcast himself. We'd love to hear about by trade, a, a registered nurse, but does work with a human service agency and uh, does a lot of work with the United Way and is getting involved with medical brigade work in Honduras. So I'd love to hear some stories from you, Jake, on that too. So why don't we get going here, Jake? I think there's a great story in you getting to the seat you're in right now, if we want to start there, and then yeah. um, we can go go on. Sounds great. 
Thanks. First off, thanks for having me. Super cool to be able to sit down and chat with you guys. I, I've really enjoyed uh, all of the information that I've been able to gather. It's been really cool, especially being so early on in my journey in triathlons. So I started a fitness journey, if you will, back in 2021, September 6th or 7th of 2021. My wife got us signed up for an online group called Eager to Motivate or E2M. And it's not solely about that. My journey isn't completely about that, but that got me kickstarted. So, um, you know, I was uh, about 120 pounds heavier than I sit right now um, when we started. You know, just through some consistency, some dedication, I was able to lose weight. And as I lost weight, you know, I started to be able to be more active and to do some kind of cool things. Got hooked up with a couple groups in the area, did a few little fun runs where, you know, you're jumping over hay bales and climbing under wires and sliding on big slip and slides and all that kind of stuff <laughs> in the, you know, in the dead of the winter. We live in Western New York. So that's, that's a lot of fun in, uh, you know, 19 degree weather. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how I kind of cut my teeth with doing anything sort of, you know, finger quotes racing related. But January of last year, I realized that I needed a little bit more than what I had been doing to get my heart rate up and to keep kind of working. So I went from doing just circuit workouts and going for a walk a couple days a week to trying to jog to that telephone pole. And then I'm going to go to the next telephone pole. And at one point I was able to run a mile. And then from there it ended up being three. And, uh, you know, as soon as I got to about three, I was like, okay, I got to figure out this whole 5k thing. Uh, buddy of mine had, um, passed in 2017 of ALS and they do a memorial run for him. And I thought, you know what, this is a kind of cool thing for me to be able to do. So that was the first actual sanctioned race that I signed up for. I was pretty psyched to be without a whole lot of training aside from just getting up and getting out there and doing it every day. I took second in my age group, which was kind of cool. Awesome. I got bested by a buddy of mine who came in. I'm sorry. No, I was, I was third in that race. Sorry. I got bested by a buddy of mine who came out of nowhere. It was all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I know I'm like a hundred yards from the finish and I look down and all of a sudden I see Greg's back and I'm like, you, you Turkey, you, <laughs> you're an absolute Turkey. <laughs> and he just went running past, but I was still glad, you know, still happy, still glad. You know, I, I podiumed on the first race I was a part of, and then I've done little things here and there, but running has really been sort of my, my mainstay. I've always had an interest. I say always, um, in the last couple of years, I've, I've realized what triathlons were at first. I thought they were all Ironmans They're You know, it's like UFC. I, I train UFC. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but every, every three sport race was an Ironman and I'm starting to realize that the, you know, the separation between the disciplines and what they all mean. Well, um, I've, decided a few months ago that I wanted to put my hat in or work towards a, a try. So I signed up for an Olympic. A few weeks ago, I started my actual training plan, figuring out that swimming is a very difficult discipline as an uh, adult learner. Before before all of this, I would have never described myself as a swimmer. I would have only ever described myself as somebody who could be in deep water and wouldn't die. I don't know that I'd get back to shore, um, but I I could float out there for a while. And you know, I've been I've been working through the swimming, been you know doing the running. Not that I'm not enjoying my training plan, but I'm kind of looking forward to when I can get back to you know primarily running again. I don't think I'm ever going to be like a a marathoner or any of that. I don't really 
I just don't care about that right now. I care about, you know, just being able to get out there and be active and doing things. And the running was something that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling about running with the other sports? Are you feeling the fitness gains by cross training or not yet, but still fatigued or any, any unique feeling that you never had before now that you're swimming and biking? So, you know, it's kind of funny. I was running anywhere from five to seven miles a day before. So I've actually scaled back a significant amount on my um, yeah. on my running since I've added the okay. other disciplines. Now, I did have a road bike and a buddy of mine offered his trainer to me to get me through the winter. Um, so I had been getting on here and there, but just not been, hadn't been as aggressive. I I feel like with the swimming, I've, I've covered a lot of ground from, you know, just kind of learning how to breathe because that, that is an art in and of itself, figuring out how to breathe in the water, uh, working through some of the upper body stuff. So for me, I think the upper body training has been, I don't know if it's the most enlightening, whatever, but that's, that's been the thing I've noticed the most because I had been riding a little bit here and there and I was running like, like a fiend, you know, is at least for a former fat guy, I was running like a fiend. So did I answer your question? Did I cover that? Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the impetus to sign up with Eager to Move and what what was the, the trigger point that you wanted to get to that healthier lifestyle? I didn't want to. I had no okay. interest in it. My wife signed us up. She told me about two or three weeks before. She's like, I'm going to sign us up for this program. And I remember thinking, man, that's going to be awful. It's going to be another thing that I kind of sneak at and I don't do good at and I struggle with. Wow. Um, but okay. the way they have it structured, it kind of hits some points and some things that I need. I had done Weight Watchers before. I had done cleaning a uh, Whole30 and a couple other little fad things before. All were great. Like there's, they're, they're wonderful as long as you're doing them, but I need the community and the support mm-hmm. and having that community and being able to have fun with the exercise is really why this was different than everything else. So my wife told me about it. She got us signed up. We started and a couple of days in, I'm like, this is actually kind of fun. There's this big Facebook group. There's like 180,000 of us in the group now. So it's Holy a big group. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there are, you know, there's the group. And then, of course, there's some subgroups that we've got that are like accountability groups. Like there's a bunch of guys that are we're all in a chat together and we try to encourage each other. Some of the guys that are in that big chat group, I'm really fortunate. Some of them live right here in town and I go running with them three days a week. So that's really kind of cool. But that whole accountability thing and the community are the two big pieces for me that made this different than everything else. What about your circle of friends that are right there with you? I mean, clearly embarking on this, you know, weight loss journey, I think that's what it started as fitness journey, your circle of friends for you and your wife together to collectively jump into this. I mean, did, you know, if you think about it, we're a product of our environment. Did this alter relationships with other people that you guys were with? Because it's a lifestyle change. It's huge. If you surround yourself with people that want to go out and do this and go out and do that, we tend to go down that road together. Or was this something you and your wife collectively were like, wow, this is the lifestyle we want? And you know, you started to just move that direction? Yeah. So our, our, I guess I'd say our closest friends, our neighbors right next door, they had been just a few months, maybe six or eight months before had gotten in with this CrossFit gym. 
And so they were already well into their fitness journey. And for us, it was us kind of playing catch up. I don't know that our friend group didn't have to change because our closest buddies, the people that we spend most of our time with, they were already doing it. We were kind of lagging behind. Now, I've met a lot of guys in the group and in the area that I get together with people that I I never would have really associated with not that there's anything wrong with them. It's just had it not been for fitness, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a reason to have crossed paths with them. So I have been able to pick up some new friends, some additional friends, but I, we were really fortunate that our friend groups and, and there's about, um, you know, we've got our neighbors, but then there are uh, four other families that we were kind of close with and all of them were, you know, lived pretty healthy lifestyles and were active either coaching or playing sports and things like that. So we didn't, we didn't really have to change in that way. I've gotten more friends. I haven't lost any. I've been really fortunate because I know that it's been a struggle for some people. Some folks really, you know, it's, it really is life-changing I'll tell you what, man, I've been in the fitness industry for over 20 years and 120 pounds is no joke. And to make the strides that you've made is a huge commitment and huge accomplishment. So give yourself as many pat on the backs as you can, because talk about lifestyle change. It sounds like you looked it in the eyes and you said, hold my beer. I'll use your line. And, and you just went at it. So, um, you know, it's amazing how many people start with fitness as their primary goal for running or for biking or for swimming. And then all of a sudden, it's like they discover that competitive bone that they had in them when they were a kid. And it kind of reignites. And it's almost like you get a little bit of that, like, oh, I can do this. And it's always fun to see who ends up heading into what I call there's there's fitness and then there's performance. And it sounds like you're making that shift to performance now, which is really exciting. And um, with fitness still being the cornerstone, you know, of what you're trying to do. I think sometimes, um, Matt, it can also just be having a growth mindset. So because not everyone, I think, that moves into triathlon, sure, it's called a race, but they are not necessarily always in it for the performance side. I think especially those of us that are adult learned as swimmers, it takes a growth mindset in order to um, decide to, I'm going to start learning to swim and I'm not going to just quit and give up on this, even though I'm having a backstroke or I'm having to stop at 25 yards to catch my breath or 15 yards to catch breath. Jake, I'm sure for yourself and your wife, it's, it's a growth mindset. It's the, you know, wanting to learn, challenge yourself, do something different grow and step out into what's uncomfortable and become comfortable with it. For sure. Yeah, that's, um, there is some competitive spirit in me for sure. I, I don't necessarily like to lose, but I'm okay with it. My goal every time I do anything any right now is to be able to compete against myself. I don't care if I outrun Jay or Matt or Jillian, it doesn't matter. If me doing what I'm doing means that I'm running faster than you and I cross the line before you, okay, that's fine. But that's not what I came for right now. I'm just trying to 
see where my limits are and see if I can't go just a little bit past that. And just every day incrementally work a little bit harder, a little bit, you know, do give myself a little bit more of a challenge and then step up to that challenge. That's really where I've been at. I, I love that. Keep that mindset. It's like every year it's like, okay, let's try to level up and just be that 1% better and just something. I, I love it because it's having blinders on. It's not worrying about those that are to your left, your right, in front or behind you. It's about worrying about what's inside you and where you're going. So great mindset. Yeah. At some point, I really may, you know, transition to really wanting to be more aggressive and more competitive and all of it. But really, I'm I'm not trying to beat anybody else. I'm trying to beat the big guy that was behind me for the last, you know, 45 years. So that's awesome. And have fun doing it, right? That's right. And it has been a blast. It's one of those things that I I think more surprised than anything on my journey is that I could actually get to a point where all of this is fun. Today, I I looked outside and I'm like, man, it's the sun's out. I haven't seen the sun in weeks. I'm going to go run. <laughs> who, who's who? Who thinks that's a priority when the sun's out? I don't know. Right. I didn't, you know, two years ago, I certainly would right. not have. Um, but today I did. So back to training here real quick. Sure. Um, clearly losing 120 pounds. Talk to me about the aches and pains that you may have experienced when you first started to today, taking 120 pounds off your skeleton. Yeah. So the biggest thing for me was it hurt to go upstairs. Like I, we've got a two-story house. Our all of the living quarters or sleeping quarters, rather, are on the are on the second floor. It hurt every day to go up the stairs, and it hurt every day to go down the stairs. And I remember, I don't know, probably just a few months before we started the program, I remember thinking to myself, "Boy, I didn't get winded when I went up the stairs this time." And I remember thinking that that was a problem. That like it was such an event that I would go up the stairs and not be winded that I'd actually be able to think about that. That's kind of funny, right? But that was something that I remember stuck in my head. But the shortness of breath, the fact that it hurt to walk upstairs, those were the really big things for me. Uh, Aches and pains, you know, I did have some back trouble. I've spent a lot of time focusing on core. So that has helped my back tremendously. I think just getting out some of the moving back and forth, the range that I have now, I, I can touch my toes. I mean, I could hardly touch my shins when I started. Some of that has to do with flexibility. Some of it has to do with, you know, just things not being there anymore, like the, you know, the layer of fat not being there, whatever it is. But I've got some abilities that I didn't have. And the ability to do a lot of these activities, I, honestly, all of them pain-free for the most part, that's that's something special. And it's all, wow, super special. And at work, you started this journey right as you're going back. Are, are people seeing? Are they being motivated? Or are, are you work virtually that they only see what we see on a screen right now? I mean, this has got to be pretty remarkable for them as well to have known you before and after. Yeah. So I work for a human, big human service agency, and we have multiple businesses. I oversee uh, uh, some of the home and community-based stuff. So while my team, I saw them most of the time because I, I didn't feel okay about 
being at home and sending my nurses and my therapists out into the field and, and not being at the, at the office when they might need to come in and get something for me. I just, I didn't feel like that was okay. So a lot of my team got to actually watch my journey real time. Now my boss might pop in every two, three months and she'd be like, wow, you look great. And you know, I got a lot of those. Somebody actually, I was at a, at a marketing event and somebody said, are you the Jake that I, I met like two years ago? Wow. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and she was just so surprised. She couldn't she couldn't believe that it was me because I had changed that much. But yeah. I, I didn't think that it was that significant, but apparently she did. So So yeah, there it, there was some uh some folks, you know, got to see it real time. Other folks did get that uh kind of incremental glimpses here and there. I'd love to know a little more about the medical brigade work in Honduras that you've done in the past. Is that something that you're looking to do more of in the future? Yeah, I'll definitely be going back there. So just the Cliff's notes on it. I've been a nurse for, you know, 20 some odd years. I have for that length of time been interested in global medicine. I think it harkens back to watching, who was it, Gorian Viznich, that doctor or the guy that played Luka Kovac on ER. Um, I remember watching ER, his, yeah, yeah. His, uh, his trip to the Sudan and just thinking how cool it was that he was there just figuring it out. Um, that's always been an attractive thing to me. Just my wife is the internship coordinator at the local university. So these kids would come back from this, from this program and they'd want to talk about, you know, how, how can we, um, she's also, sorry, a uh, career counselor. So she would, they would come in after having had this experience in Honduras and then want to figure out how to like translate that to a resume and be able to talk about it in an interview. And she would help them with it. Um, she told me about it. And then through some kind of circumstances between September and say middle of October, I was invited to go with the group. And then I started showing up to their meetings and bought some plane tickets and ended up going down with, it was 13 students. There were three, what they're calling L3s, lifelong learners. So that means no longer students, a professor, one physician, and one pharmacist from the States. We all flew down and we spent eight days in Honduras. We traveled, uh, about three hours from the airport in Komayawa to where we stayed near a, a place called Moraselli. Um, we stayed at, a, at an orphanage and daily we were bussed out to the different villages that needed support. So we would set up primary care clinics with some local doctors and a local pharmacist and then our team. And we would see anywhere from, you know, 90 to 200 people a day. And we would just sort of cycle them through our clinic. We had an intake where we'd learn about them. Uh, we'd discover what things like how long they had to travel to get to us, um, what their water situation was like. That's uh, honestly uh, really interesting. The government only turns on water to the villages two or three times a week. So they, wow. yeah, the water, you can imagine they're storing this water and that because it's kind of sits in these pilas, these big cement cisterns, 
it it's not great. It's it's, yeah. it's open yeah. to the air. So water has a lot to do with water has a lot to do with the health of the Honduran people. So we were studying that. We wanted to know about that. Um, and then we would get you know regular demographics, and then we do some vitals. They'd go see a doctor, and if the doctor gave them medication or anything like that, they'd go over to the pharmacy and we'd we'd fill that. That's but we'd correct. set these little clinics up. Um, we had some a couple guides and a couple of armed guards with us because Honduras is not the safest place and a bunch of translators which was great because i sign language does not translate well neither, neither does my spanish like none of that is, <laughs> it does not work so yeah we had some uh interpreters to help us to be able to communicate and i think we served somewhere around 550 or so people through the brigade that we did in january okay are there future opportunities for you to do that or was that a one one time thing yeah i'll be going back again so the professor that sort of runs a program has opened up a uh, not-for-profit that's going to help to fund some of the uh, medical supplies and the medication which is going to mean that the burden to the people that are that want to go and help is going to be a little lower. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go. There's a trip planned in August, but because of other things that we've got planned, I'm not going to make that trip, but I'll make the January one, which is actually kind of better for me being a nurse. I, I love being a nurse, but I really like teaching too. So I'll be with the students and I'll be able to kind of teach them their assessment skills, how to take vitals, how to do some point of care testing. For me, that's, that's more my jam anyways. So I'm, I'm okay with it. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. It's very clear you got a service heart. I mean, I think that, again, just goes back to being an age group triathlete. It's the balance of everything. I mean, it's balancing work. It's balancing family. Um, it's balancing your training. And in your situation, I know you're just starting out on the triathlete journey, but, you know, even balancing your running prior to that, it's like you still had your hands in work. Um, and then obviously being a spouse and being a, fa a parent, you know, so um I mean, that, that's what this is all about. I can't emphasize that enough of, uh, you know, being real, being a human. And then in the, in the meantime, it's fitting training in and living a lifestyle. Yeah. And last week, Matt, Jay, and I had the opportunity to kind of share a glimpse into our week of training. What does a typical week look like for you? One maybe that you're not having to adapt to different changes that come up. Yeah, I am attacking each of the disciplines three days a week. My running and swimming seem to fall on the same days right now. I think actually the end of this week, I'm going to start doing some brick workouts, which are sort of fun to me. I used to really actually enjoy doing those. Over the summer, I... I I didn't realize I was doing a thing. I wasn't doing a brick. I was just riding my bike and then I'm getting on to, you know, getting my, my shoes on and running around. But, you know, I was doing that over the summer. So I'm kind of excited about being able to do that. But um, right now, Monday, Wednesday and Friday are bike days and they get a little, little more difficult as the week goes on. Um, and then my swimming and my running are Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I'm having to split the swim up just because there aren't any real great swimming opportunities for me early in the morning, but I'm able to go to the local university, which is like a quarter mile down the road. And I go swimming at night there. So that works out. Yeah, that's, that's been me. Um, I'm putting in probably anywhere from an hour to two and a half hours worth of training a day or six days a week. And that's just 
because of the way things are sort of falling. But And I think that it'll ramp up as time goes on. It's not going to get any crazier than what I just mentioned. I think and I, when I said like two hours or so, I think that for the 70.3 plan, based on what I'm seeing, it's probably going to be right around up to about two hours of biking, up to about an hour and a half of running based on my you know, my plan and my pace and then swimming probably somewhere around an hour at a, at a crack when I do that. So, but right now it's taken me an hour. Yeah. When is your, your, your race? It is June, June 17th. It's local. So that's going to be kind of fun being able to um, do that with some of my friends. That father's day weekend, if I'm not mistaken. It might be, it might be. Good good reason to celebrate yourself right there. Local races are really fun and I think it's a great way to to get out for your first as well. So that's Definitely. awesome. Absolutely. So as you sit here today and thinking about that Olympic, do you feel ready? Do you have questions left or are you what's on your mind about the things you still kinda gotta get your head wrapped around? Yeah, before I jumped in the pool, I was ready, baby. I was so ready. And then I got in the pool and I woke up. It was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, So while I feel like I'm doing better, I don't know that I'm 1,600 yards at one crack better. I'm definitely making improvements, but I'm, I'm not where I need to be. And for my Olympic, I need to be at least 1,600 yards. I know that the actual half iron distance is a little longer, I think like 1,900 or something like that. But yeah, as far as ready, I th- I have said for a while and I, th- I will stand by it, the running and the biking or rather biking than the running, that I, I don't know if I'm... I don't know that I'd be competitive, but I could figure that out. The swimming is something I really need to continue to focus on. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, my experience, I'm three and a half weeks deep. That's it. That's for swimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The biggest tip I would give you f- as a coach is okay. focus on each day ahead of you, one day at a time. Don't look at your training program two days later. Address each day individually. Because if you look at three weeks from today at that training session – you're going to create self-doubt and you're going to be like, whoa, how am I going to get there? Each day is a different block that builds the product you're looking for. So don't don't worry about what's happening on Tuesday. Focus on Monday, but execute your Monday plan with purpose and passion and do what's asked of you, not more, not less. Don't work too hard because overworking Monday will have negative implications on Tuesday. Okay, so keep that in mind. You should always finish a training session, okay, feeling like you could have kept going. You should never get done a session feeling like, put a fork in me, I'm done. That's not the purpose of a training session. The training session is to build up a, a part of your a part of your body so that it can be cumulative. Your body's a sponge. It can only hold on to so much. Don't overflow the sponge. You don't want it to dry out, but you also don't want it to oversaturate. So you got to put just the right amount in and just do what's asked of you day to day because they all build upon one another. Okay. So that's the biggest thing I would say. And mentally, if you look ahead, you're just setting yourself up up here. You got to keep the head strong. So the biggest tip I would say is just each day, brick by brick, day by day with purpose and passion and you'll get there. I promise you it's stroke by stroke. 
you know, whether it's pedal stroke or arm stroke or it's run, you know, step by step, but they all add up. As I say, all three of us were in that pool the same way you were. And it is, if there's one sport that you do, literally, it's like each week is a little bit better than the next. It's swimming and you see it. Yeah, I think another important thing that I hear or have seen from other people and, and myself in the past too is um, when you said that you're not where you need to be, um, the good news is it's not June. You don't need to be where you need to be yet. And so I think that's something that's super important. People will judge themselves in their training and they'll be, you know, two, three, four months out from their race and say, but how, how am I supposed to run this pace at a marathon? How am I? Well, you're not, I can't, they're like, I can't do that today. I can't even do, you know, five miles at that. Well, guess what? That's what we're, that's the whole purpose of training is to build you up so that you're ready on that day. You're not expected to be ready today. So just keep that in mind if, you know, you're not hitting what you think you're planning to on race day, because you, that's exactly why we're training and building and working towards that goal. And it's okay if you're not there today. Jake, it wouldn't be a pot if I didn't throw another quote out there. So great segue, right. Jillian. I was so wondering when the next one was coming. I, it, it was perfect. It, I'm, I'm flying it in right now. The day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Right. Harvest day is June 17th, man. If you're planting right. seeds right now, just be hungry on June 17th and you'll have a smorgasbord. I appreciate it. I really do appreciate the advice because, you know, one of the things that I have been thinking about is, you know, I, I'm, I haven't come out of the pool feeling like I couldn't go and do another, you know, couple hundred yards and I don't get done with my runs and think, oh man, that was awful. My biking, the, the worst part about the biking is I'm on a trainer and it's mind numbing to go 30, 35 miles on a trainer. That's just the worst thing in the world. I thought treadmill running was bad, but Mm-mm. trainer is is worse than that that's it's mental toughness sure. it's mental toughness you're that's what it, it is I promise. 100%. Yeah, right. just wait till you get outside you'll be like a wild yeah, boar it makes running space space so much better <laughs> i i can't wait i cannot wait do you have um opportunity to get into open water because i think that's another thing sometimes if you're so focused in the pool can throw people for a big loop it's the first time they get on open water um so i'm hoping you have some opportunity to at least get that, that face under, underwater a few times. Yeah. We, so, um, here locally about three, four miles from here, Lake Erie. So one of the big lakes is, is right there. Um, and then, um, there's a a great lake. lake. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, and then there is a local tri group that does stuff on a real small, um, real small lake here um, that I'll be able to link up with a little bit. I don't think I'm going to be able to do any of their tries beforehand, any sprints, but I'm pretty sure that they will have some just swim sessions. Um, and it's really cool because they, they're they big enough where they get groups of kayakers to go out there as well. So you're, you're not just swimming with a group, you're swimming with kayakers as well. Um, so I'll have some of that support. We had that out here and that was so important for me. I mean, without fail every start to the season, my first open water would be panic getting, and I would get comfortable in the pool and be just fine, but I'd hit that open water and it would just take my breath away, even if it wasn't cold. And so getting out with the local tri group that would host Wednesdays, open water Wednesdays and met up with a few girlfriends that I'd met through triathlon and just showed up and every day, um, it just makes it better. I can get into open water now at the start of the season even and not have that panic anymore. But 
sometimes it just takes that. Yeah. Now she's the first I'm like, one Let's in. Go. <laughs> I'm not fast, but Let's get it. I'll get in. <laughs> Good stuff. Do you anticipate a wetsuit swim, Jake? Yeah, it, the lake that we'll be swimming in, I think, is going to be between like 59 and 62 degrees. So I'm going to, okay. it'll be a wetsuit swim. Yeah, yeah. That That's another good experience for that open water or even if trying it out in the pool. The beauty of the wetsuit is how well it helps you float too. So it'll give you a lot extra more confidence too. I love we we all cheer when it stays wetsuit in our hearts, yeah. so no doubt. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right here. It helps with some buoyancy and all that. It helps. Yeah. So yeah. good. It's my hips up. That's the biggest thing. Right? Yeah. And another thing for me, actually, I used to um I remember complaining to a coworker about hating the swim and, you know, it, just how it would take my breath away and be panicking. So then when I get in open water, I'm focused on that part that I know that I don't like, which is the face in the water. And I just remember he just so nonchalantly was just baffled that I didn't like the swim. He's like, oh, how could you not like it in a wetsuit? It's like the most fun. You're just sitting there floating on the water. And that just ever so slight mind shift when I get into the water and I just mm -hmm. shifted from thinking about the thing that I'm afraid of to this guy, you know, constantly in my head, how could it, how could you not like it? It's fun. You get to float. You just have to, you know, da, da, da. And all of a sudden I'm just thinking about the floating and, and it takes away it for me, at least it helped kind of take away that focus of the panic area and, and try to see right. and feel the fun part of it. I don't know. So just some, sometimes a lot of it's mental and practice and just getting the time in. So I think course dependent 70.3 Oregon. Yeah. You're floating Alcatraz. Okay. Yeah. Floating. Alcatraz. <laughs> no, but even lake swims, you are floating a little bit more, but yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. I'm just giving yeah, you a hard time. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I can definitely identify with the idea that it's, uh, it's a lot of mental game. And I am looking forward to the wetsuit. I know that that is going to be something that helps me. I'm hoping to be able to get my hands on one. Uh, a buddy of mine who has done, I want to say, six Ironman branded events and several other 70.3s in the um, New England, New Jersey, New York area. He's got some stuff he said he's going to let me borrow. Good. So I'm uh, awesome. I'm hopeful for that. Matt, I got to throw a quote at you though. Um, Bring I remember it. I love game. Somebody was telling me about tri training, and I don't remember who said it, but it was said that tri training is 90% mental and the other 10% is all in your head. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So 100% agree. I like that one. Yeah, for sure. I like that one. So it definitely is a mental game. Uh, I think last week it was convincing yourself is step one, you know? Mm -hmm. So. You know, anyone in your workout community that's joining you in the race? You know what? Honestly, I'm not sure if anybody's going to be joining me. There are a couple people that have said, oh, I might if, but we're all training together and that's what's important to me. The guy who I was telling you about who's got the wetsuits, Matt, he's going to probably continue to train with me for the swim. And my buddies that I run with are also bikers. So I'm going to be able to bike with them too. So even if I don't end up in the water with them and on the course with them, they're going to help me through all of the training, which is the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Nice. It sounds like you got a great network around you. Yeah. I really do. I'm super fortunate, honestly. There are some people that have really treated me like fr like a friend and, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm enjoying, enjoying the camaraderie and, and the network as you called it. 
Well, I think you're just, you know, I think you've already got a great community of support around you. And I think, I I hope you walk in with open arms because I have no doubt just based on your personality and, you know, your mentality that the triathlon community is going to embrace you as well. You're going to make a lot of friends out there on the race course, hopefully some new training partners. And I think it's a whole nother, just a, it's just a whole nother community that's going to you know, welcome you with open arms and embrace you and continue to elevate you and support you on your journey. So I'm looking forward to that too, for sure. Nice. Jake, anything else that we didn't talk about that you had on your mind? I just wanted to thank you guys. Part of the reason why I listen to your podcast is because you are down to earth. You are me as far as the activities, the being busy and all that. I'd listen to other podcasts. I, I'd been trying to find something to listen to that was, I don't know, that, that I could identify with as far as the try stuff was concerned. And I'm you know, listening to some of these podcasts where these guys are doing like two Ironmans two weeks apart and you know they're just living the pro-life and it was not anything that I could identify with and when I started listening to you guys it was like okay okay these guys get me I get them this is this is fun so thank you guys for what you're doing because I know there are some tri podcasts out there but I don't think that anybody's doing what you're doing kind of talking about the uh the I don't know I'd call it real life and trying to do this with real life yeah so thank you thanks Jake uh Jake Thank you, Jake. Yeah, I think honestly, you're the reason, you're one of the reasons why we do this. We know that there's a lot of amazing stories out there, people that are, you know, struggling with things or and overcoming and persevering and and trying to make the chai lifestyle part of their life and make healthier choices and habits, um, not only for their own personal physical health, but their, you know, mental, emotional health and and making themselves more a part of their communities as well. And so absolutely love hearing your story, your journey, and um, what it looks like for you. And I know you're not alone in this. And I think your story will also resonate with others out there that listen. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely second that. I think just as I like the word raw, we tend to I, I like to just be pity a raw open book and very transparent. And I think, Jake, you, your story, just your journey, step one, losing 120 pounds. If somebody hearing that today, if that motivates them to take that first step, mission accomplished, baby. You know what I mean? Mission accomplished. And I think that's the biggest thing day to day is to inspire other people to get going. We can look back over the guests that we've had on here. I mean, whether it was Kay Grant or whether it was Jack DiPaolo or whether it was Brock Walaska or whether it was Amanda Amon or Kristen Yaks. I mean, we got people from all walks of lives that started late in life, that have been competing their entire life, that barely have crossed a finish line, that have won world championships. You know, and um, I think at the end of the day, every guest that we've had on thus far, guess what? They're human. They're real people. They have families. They have jobs. And they're living this crazy lifestyle along with us. They're no better than me. They're no better than you. Uh, We're all shoulder to shoulder, side by side, towing the line together. That's what makes the triathlon community so special. At the end of the day, when the race is over, it doesn't matter who's first, second, third. I mean, you, you can sit there and hang the medal. The medal's given to you at race day. It's the training where you earn it. 
Okay. And I think we can all go back to that. So um, it's just a celebration of the lifestyle and a celebration of the day. Excited to see where this takes you. I definitely am. I mean, you'll have to follow up with us and let us know. Send us some race pictures and just crossing that finish line, celebrating all the training you've been putting in. Because step by step, it's brick by brick. You, you get there, you know? I appreciate Matt, that. You just said something I'm excited for this year, and that's seeing all these great people yeah. we've had on and their, yeah. their race photos this year. And Absolutely. Uh, I got June 17th, Mark, because we know we got to follow up with Jake and see what he's doing. So, Well, good, good opportunity real quick. Uh, speaking of guests that we've had on um, and their races and how they've done, I want to give a huge congratulations to our boy Jack, our Yale boy. Um, hitchhiker. Our, uh, our hitchhiker, if you will. Jack raced 70.3 uh, Puerto Rico today, and he had quite the day. He finished third age group. Super excited for him. Just over five hours. I think he did a 506, if I'm not mistaken. So um, Jack, super proud of you, young man. Can't wait to see you at future races. I know you're proud of your performance, but just wanted to let you know that we were following you today and great performance. Way to get out there and throw down. Yeah, great job, Jack. And good for any uh, new listeners that might not know, Jack was episode 10. So if you want to hear a little bit more about his story, you can head back to episode 10. The Hitchhiker. Yes. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool story. Jake, thank you so much for being with us tonight. This was great. I mean, a really awesome story. And we're really happy to have met you. And best of luck with your training. And uh, we can't wait till June 17th. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much for having me on. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and close this out. If you guys want to reach out to us, you can get us at triathlon age group journey at gmail.com or on Instagram at triathlon age group journey. Loved all the comments this week with the coffee talk and among other things. Great to uh, hear from all of you and really love the support that you've all given us. So if you uh, think about it and would like to, please give us a review on whatever platform you're listening to. And we're going to be posting not only on our podcast, but Jake, what's the name of your podcast? Fluff to Buff. Little cheeky, Excellent. but it gets it across. <laughs> That's great. Love it. We're definitely going to uh, we're gonna share this with Jake and have it posted there as well. So check his podcast out as well. Yeah, so. and I, um, I'm going to throw out one last thing because I think we did have a listener. Actually, you know what's funny? I just noticed this is actually from Jake Wilkins. We had a haiku <laughs> that I was going to, I've been wanting to share on oh. one of our pods. And I just noticed yes. the name of the user and too <laughs> funny. So Jake, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and share a haiku that you actually shared um, with Jay back when we were in our, in our big haiku phase. So he did Good stuff. <laughs> swim, bike and run first try. I hope I don't die. It'll be so fun. Yay. So anyhow, I love that. I thought it was perfect for this pod. No wonder it was actually one that was sent from you. So too funny. Fantastic. Good, Good catch, Jillian. <laughs> Thank you for that. Good That's stuff, awesome. Jake. awesome. <laughs> I love it. I have no future in um, in poetry, maybe in <laughs> podcasting. I hope that I have a better try future than I have <laughs> poetry. Hey, I thought that haiku was great. I flagged it to share. So I'd been meaning to share and I literally just noticed that when I was going to say who, sh who it was from, I was like, wait, that's Jake. Wait a minute. <laughs> so thank you. Very cool. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, guys. I hope you have a great awesome. week ahead.